Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because... Like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah, uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Oh, my God. Uh, hey, everyone. Um, Andy and Dave here on another Tuesday tune-in, weekly Q&A. Um, yeah, apologies. We're a few minutes late today. We had a few tech issues that we just, uh, we just managed to sort out, but uh, if you've yeah. joined us, do say hello, Miko, Dave, Debbie, Paula, Heather, Patrick. Go through the Alexandra Treen is on here. Hello, Alexandra. We've seen you recently. Uh, yeah, Sinead, James, Paula, Jackie. Wow, it's, uh, there's a lot of people on today. Great stuff, fantastic, awesome. All of you must love your feet. That's all I must say because um, obviously we put a little post out about what we're going to do today, and a lot of it was around feet. <laughs> um, we were sort of thinking during the week what we're we going to do it on Dave, wasn't it? And we were thinking, let's talk about feet. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, Namaste Balkuma, one of our epic guides. Oh, uh, one of the best guides in the business. Um, if you if you book on one of our three peaks trips, almost certainly it'll be Bal that takes you up there. But um, back to feet. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it was well. We were thinking about it, you know, and I was thinking about you know how um, I was watching the MotoGP on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and a couple of things came together. So one, there was an epic crash there and it got me thinking about, you know, just how vital that contact patch is between the rubber and the earth. And um, it's the same for hikers, <laughs> you know, it as is. anyone that's seen my slip video will uh, will know. Um, but also, Andy, you've been going through your own sort of um, foot drama. Um Yes. Do with, what is it? Plant, plantier? Plantar fasciitis, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I've been struggling for about six months now, but it is what it is. You crack on, but it's something that, um, yeah, I've noticed over the last few long hikes I've done has, has become quite more prominent. So you're always looking at ways and naturally while doing that, because it's not something I've had before, um, you're doing the research and you're, you know, you're speaking to people who've had it and what treatments they've had. And we, we just wanted to share a few yeah. things, really. Um, because your feet are the most important thing when you're on a, a high altitude trek. Um, uh, and, and before we go into it, I know we always start off uh, obviously talking about it. Any questions, do post in the comments, okay? Yeah. Um, just because we'll start off for about five, ten minutes talking, and then we'll we'll answer some of your questions. So yeah, you're only as strong as your weakest point, if you like, which are naturally your ankles or your feet. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got a blister, if you've got pain in your feet, 
yeah, 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 you know, yeah, you're going to be doing like 20, 30, maybe even 40,000 steps a day yeah. on a long trek. So you want to make sure that, um, you know, your feet are comfy. That starts with the right footwear. Um, you know, Dave, I, and I know we, we both had used this probably footwear we wouldn't have used in hindsight. I'm thinking back to Glencoe Challenge last year. You wore new mountain boots. Yeah, yeah. On a, on a full 26 mile. Well, yeah, being the, um, being the highly experienced um, hiker that I am, um, you know, years and years in the mountains doing all sorts of stuff, you you couldn't have more experience. Um, so I decided, you know, based on that experience, it would be a good idea to buy a brand spanking new pair of stiff B2 uh, La Sportiva mountain boots and wear them on the very first time for a 26 mile hike around uh, the Cairngorms. And um, thank you. Yeah. 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 And um, it, it, I was obliterated by the end of it like i mean my legs fine everything fine but when you think that you know there's a contact patch about this big that's yeah. got to support all my weight all my grip all the loose terrain everything like that um 26 yeah. miles every single one of those miles sent through my feet i was broken i was a broken man and it taught me something about complacency twice in my life i've been taught about complacency in the mountains it's both been in scotland once was with those boots and second was with water on a hot day. Um, but that's for another one. We'll do that's that. That's for another I know. Yeah, yeah. We, we do we do go off on our tangents. But no, no, I I know what you mean, Dave. Uh, yeah, you've got to have got to have the right boots. But yeah, mm. so with regards to looking after your feet, I mean most of the time, you know, you've got boots, they're worn in, you know, it's the old cliche, you know, you've got to have your boots worn in, your trekking shoes worn in. But also as well, um, it, it's also about limiting the movement in your boots. And sometimes that can come down to having the right size having the right insole. Um, I mean, you know, it goes without saying, and, and you've probably heard us say loads of times that, and it's been difficult during lockdown, obviously, because you, you can't go out and, and, and try on boots. You've had to order them online, but you should get out there and, and, and try them on really before you buy. You know, I've bought boots online and, and they've luckily worked out, but I kind of know my size. I'm a size nine, always works on any boot. Never yeah. really had any that's been an issue um so i've been quite lucky there but then i've bought some and they're they may be a bit narrow i know on some boots um i, I think i was i think it was some solomons they can be quite narrow so um and i think over time for some reason um you know especially flat feet i don't know i spent years wearing flip-flops probably didn't help um you know on a beach uh but yeah that's probably hasn't helped so naturally if it got narrow boots it would it would cause me a bit of pain so i was like okay yeah. maybe they're not the right ones for me but the insoles, Dave, I know that's important. That's, that's super important, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the the three things that I well, three I think key factors. One that I've that I've actually that you, one you've touched on already is sizing. Yeah. Now, that I used to have a story where well, sorry, I used to believe that you know because I was taught as a kid that when you bought boots you go a size bigger because you wear thick socks, and I've stuck with that through most of my life. And then I realised that a lot of the boots I bought were too big, weirdly, by about a size. So now I'm a 10 and a half. I start there. Start with the size that works for you. So I'll try yeah. them on with a light to midweight hiking sock, which is what I normally wear. Yeah. I highly recommend merino wool. That's the part that sits against your skin. is vitally important. Um, the boots have to be the right size. Um, and then the insole as well. So almost every single pair of boots that I buy, I'll also buy an insole that works with them because I found an insole that fits perfectly. Um, I actually use the um, Superfeet Trailblazer. Yeah, they're very um, good. Yeah, sorry, excuse me. And I have to trim it a little bit. 
so I had to get that sniff out for ages. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and, um, but one thing um, I do want to talk about as well when it comes to looking okay. at it is lacing. Yeah. Because I, uh, I do tie my laces now slightly different. Um, and it actually provides a lot of support. So I was suffering mainly with my, my toes constantly hitting the edge of the shoe, particularly going downhill. Yeah. Um, I tried changing my size back down to what I actually am. That made a difference. I put the insoles in, that made a difference. And now I tie my boots slightly differently. Um, and those three things combined have now mean that I'm like a I'm like a mountain goat on those paths now, I tell you. Like, <laughs> I mean, Andy will know I'm not the fastest going downhill, but you know, maybe I might be 20 minutes behind instead of an hour. So the, and I won't be limited. Yeah, that's okay, isn't it? You, you get there yeah. and, and that's that's some of the uh, that's quite an important thing, isn't it? Ultimately it's not a race there. Yeah. Um, you know, take your time. I think sometimes you can nail it and just your feet are just destroyed. But yeah, you said you said lease in there, Dave. Um, I know there's loads of different sort of lacing things you can do depending on the boots you've got. But it's all also it's all about getting it locked in, that locked in feel. Yeah. I know with the Mandel Bhutans we we talk about a lot. Um and especially with uh, I know there's it depends. They've got like two crimps if you like that you can tie around. Um and that seems and you can sort of thread it different ways. Yeah. I think we'll have to do some sort of lacing. Well I might be able to because I've just occurred to me that there's a pair of boots over there. Oh, um, Go on, two seconds two seconds <laughs> is this the um is this the boots dave yeah these are the brand new mountain boots i've not worn them yet <laughs> um, but i bought them when i was because i was planning on doing um like island peak or something so these are the um scarpa manta pros manta pros uh, real well for um uh crampon use a real boot. you won't be able to bend them but i'm hoping now i might be able to sort of demonstrate how i lace my boots um like the pressure's on now yeah i don't know if i there we go there we go there we go so let's just do this so here we go here we go okay okay wait for this now this is i'm, I'm looking forward to this day yeah so i do, do you know like i think we should plan these things a little bit more what we usually do is been a mad one so hopefully you can kind of see all that there so what i'll do is i'll put it over and then rather than just going over once i'll go under twice exactly more of a grip yeah so that pulls tight there yeah then i'll cross over but go up to the top yeah yeah i like that and then i'll cross over yeah and go down to the middle one i like it yeah yeah okay the middle one that's where i'll then do a proper lace so under again Pull tight, and you see how that's drawn it all in. Nice. And then you tie a knot like so. So the knot actually ends up more here than at the top. Yeah, yeah, very good. And as you can see, like that lace is still really tight there. So that's what gives you a really good locked-in feel. So um, hopefully that's okay. Like I said, we go over three times. We cross over up to the top, cross over back to the middle. Um, yeah. So hopefully that's sort of. Uh, that made sense. Very good, Dave. Very good. I like that. And that's how I, that's how I always tie my boots now because it'll lock your ankle in there while still giving you ankle support here. When it's yeah. too tight up here, this bit can tend to be a bit flexy if you haven't got the knot and um, your feet can slide over. So um, yeah, hopefully that'll work out for you guys. Very good. Now, now, Dave, you've got to wear them because they're just sitting decorating the office at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they're actually uh, just like an office decoration at the minute. So, um, but yeah, they will be worn. 
they they will be on the they will be on island peak in mera peak uh next year yeah. no great thanks for showing us that um yeah that was very good david i i knew i knew this always happens if it's about boots you light up like a christmas tree mate. brilliant i can't help do you know what it's because if you've invested as much as i have Financially, <laughs> in <laughs> financially and skin and blisters, yeah. you know, like you know, but like I said, yeah. I've ended up using the Mendel Boutans. So have you. So have a lot of the other ever trackers. They're not going to work for everybody, yeah. but I do know that out of all the boots that I've recommended and all the boots that I've had recommendations for, yeah, that's the one that keeps coming up over and over again. So yeah, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, although uh, Julie's happy with my bootlacing. Thank you. Uh, yeah, she loved it. Yeah, well done, Dave. I like it. It is a bit like the generation game, Mark is saying. Yeah, so, um, so actually, I've got the the Evertrek water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the cuddly toy, Dave? I need a cuddly. Is no cu Oh, we there. We got Betty the Yeti behind you. Uh, oh yeah, Betty. The, I was actually going to use Lauren then, but I've got Betty the Yeti. <laughs> right, uh, right. We got quite a few questions that have come in, so we may as well. Um, Sort of take a couple of these on. Let's have a look. A couple of couple of people having issues with um, their ankles. Paula and Leah, I know you've had some um, issues with it. Let's have a little look. Catherine, I only mentioned about uh, insoles are better than taping. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know with plantar fasciitis, there are certain ways that you can tape your feet to minimise that because of your. Um, I, I think plantar fasciitis, just in the research I've done, is that it's on you. And I'm not. I'm not an expert here. This is just how I've read. There's pressure here. At the base, of, there we go. This is, this is a hand, obviously, but um, at the base of your heel, and there's a tendon there where it gets inflamed, and apparently it's all connected to like your glutes, your hamstrings, your calves. So it works all the way down your leg. Yeah. The one thing I've learned is, uh, or I've I've heard is that if you strengthen your glutes, work on your hamstrings and your calves, it will actually have a, an effect on your feet as well. So something to think of when you're when you're doing your training. Obviously, if you're out there. We're doing a lot of walking in preparation for a high altitude trip and you're doing some gym work as well is that if you're doing that maybe, maybe do some targeted exercise on those muscles and in turn that will help your plantar fasciitis good massage is always good i saw i saw someone mention a, a good massage afterwards um if you know someone that's really good um yeah get onto it to get a nice little deep massage it's probably yeah. good because i've had it and it does kill um but it will it will help yeah. Um, any questions you can see there, Dave? I've had a I saw, um, two that I want to like touch on. One is someone said, um, yeah. I think blister pads was a question that's come up a couple of times. So I know Lewis has asked it. A few other people have used it. So obviously the uh, the most you know popular one is the compete patches. Okay. Um, now, I haven't got a huge amount of experience in it because I don't get a huge lot of blisters because I put a lot of effort. Like I said, it, it needs to start in. If you're getting blisters after you've worn in a pair of boots, that yeah. means they're either worn out or you know they, they they didn't fit right in the beginning so spend a lot of energy and time and frustration getting that right however if you get a blister it can happen i think that um compete is, is okay i prefer to use uh, tape yeah um so when i was on kilimanjaro i did have a little, little issue on my heel so i used a uh, zinc oxide tape um and that you know you've got to put it on as soon as you start to notice the blister so even if you've got to stop and take some out of your pack and wrap it and that usually tends to make a, a, a big difference, I think. Yeah. Um, why these questions are flying in. So I did see one, but then I sort of. <laughs> I know. Well, then, uh, yeah, then I then I missed one. But um, I, I want to take a look at where Alex has answered. Uh, sorry, asked a question. Um, a particular boot with a wider toe box. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple. You know, I've um, one one I've really liked um, kind of over the last sort of 18 months, two years. There's a company called Hocker, 
um, Hocker One One, although it's spelled Hocker One One. We, it took us about 12 months, uh, 12 months to realize how to actually say that. But yeah, Hocker are really, I wouldn't say they're the most secure of boots, but they're certainly one of the most comfiest I've seen. I think it was your dad, Dave, that first introduced me to Hocker. I think we yeah. like boot boots like this. Yeah, I used them really. On, I used a pair of hockers on EBC. They are brilliant if you like really good cushioning. Yeah. My only problem with them, I find them, I like, I think because of I'm a bit my weight, I think I need to have something that like really supports my foot to stop it yeah. moving. So um, I couldn't find the right size. The small was, you know, 10 and a half was too small, 11 was too big. So um, I moved away from them. But one thing I will say is they were like underfoot, the most supremely comfortable. If you had a rock like this, but that's from Kilimanjaro, by the way. Um, if you stand on it, the whole sole, because it's so cushioned, will absorb the rock and kind of like push you off it. So actually, you know, you don't get sore feet after a while that you might do with a really hard or really unsupported sole. So that's really good. I love uh, it from Leah. Um, don't have a lazy ass. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, don't don't neglect the glutes uh, if you're doing any training. I love that, Leah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make sure you do the uh, the arse exercises. Definitely. Yeah, most important muscle in the uh, for walking, running, cycling. Yeah. Um, Alexander Treen has asked something, and me and you were talking about it the other day, so we may as well bring it up, which is, um, would we say a minimalist barefoot style shoe or boot um, or a possibility on any of our longer treks? She, um, she's done, uh, I've done barefoot style boots as well as literal barefoot treks, but I've never above 9,000 feet and not in any snowy areas. And you wonder if that would be detrimental or possible. So with regards to those, I think it is possible, certainly. There are some boots out there by, I can't Vibram. remember. And it's not, Vi not Vibram. I think Vibram might do some, but there's actually a hiking boot by one that Ed Stafford uses a lot. Okay. Um, there's some research to find out what it is. If anyone knows, uh, I'm know. pretty sure if Lauren can look up. <laughs> can you look at Ed Stafford boots for me and find out what he wears? Anyway, so they're, they're a pretty good boot in terms of like, um, you know, the weather and yeah. cold and everything is good. I The only thing I recommend is if anyone is going to go sort of down the barefoot route, it's supposed to be really good for strengthening your feet and avoiding things like, I can't say it, and I keep going to go plantar fasciitis, but I think that's what... Yeah, word, David. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Um, Viva Barefoot, that's it. Viva Barefoot, that's the one. Yeah, someone, 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 beat, someone beat you to I it. Was like a fraction of a yeah, away. Um, but I think it's important not to go from, you know, not to run before you can walk. So I think actually, you know, everything I know about it is about strengthening your feet first, yeah. going on hikes, gradually decreasing the amount of cushioning and support you have. Um, if you just go from wearing, say, the hockers to barefoot. I think after about two, three days, your feet are going to be in pieces. So, um, yeah, I'd recommend a gradual uh, gradual build up to it. Yeah, I think um, as well, I, I just, uh, Jerome has come up, I'm sure, Dave, you, because I know you like to do this, and I'll bring it up on screen. And I think you can appreciate Jerome's here, use of talcum powder. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's, 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 one, of my, it's one of my hacks, I think, that I did for, uh, I think, I mentioned it. No, it was at EBC. I think I mentioned it on a podcast. Yeah, man. It's like one of the things I have every, uh, every day. You know, it cleans my hair. It keeps parts of me that are wet, dry. <laughs> you know, so I put it in my shoes. I put it under my arms. I put it on my head. I look like a frosted ice gem sometimes because I'll have a tendency to put too much on. Um, 
but yeah no like talcum powder is brilliant yeah nice i know it's um as well obviously you were, you were reading alexander treen you do know that was ali from yesterday right <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> of i did Hi. Uh, well done. Well done. Yeah. Ali, uh, hope you're doing well, mate. Um, Ali came to visit us yesterday and it was wonderful to meet her. Um, but yes, we will definitely be speaking to you soon. Um, any other questions? Uh, John Adams, the great bald yeti, has commented. Um, so he says uh, he thinks trainers and a pair of flip flops is a great idea. I'm assuming he doesn't mean, yeah, something nice and comfy to change into at the end of the tea house. Yeah. Uh, when you get to the tea house at the end of the day, I think that is important. You'll see all the guides and porters. The first thing they do is they get flip flops on and they dry their feet out in the in the lodges. Yeah, um, that's an important aspect of the trip because it means your feet are in good condition then the next day. Well, yeah, Sital um, asked that question as well, and I think yeah, definitely, it's nice to to, to air your feet a bit, um, especially after you've been all day in boots. You know, you want to let them air. Um, you know, especially so they don't get moist so much, because uh, a moist feet are prone to blister. Yeah. Um, so yeah, getting some flip flops, Dave. I know you take your flip flops. I kind of take some trekking shoes. I can just change into that are pretty much my just relaxing in shoes, if you like. But yeah. they've always got decent grips. Um, you know, I mean, you could if you Google say approach shoes or trekking shoes. Technically, you could probably wear them hiking. I prefer not to because you don't get too much ankle support. But they're great if you're walking around a village in the night, say in the Everest region, um, or even wearing around camp on Kili. Um, you know, or whether you're on Machu Picchu uh, and in that in that region going through the villages, it's just something just to just to put on afterwards and let you you know air your feet a little bit, really. Yeah. Um, what have any tips for strength, heel, skin? Sorry, I'm just going through all these questions here. I know there's a few, Dave. Have you got any? Uh, have you picked up any yourself? Um, yeah. So I saw Jordan Green. Uh, any tips for strengthening the heel, skin? He can't do a Munro without getting a blister, and it's. Oh. Uh, weakened your feet i think i think jordan's mm, problem yeah. there is not necessarily that your heel skin is probably too thin and weak i think it's that it's probably been damaged and then maybe repaired and then you've gone back to the same pair of boots and stuff that damaged it yeah. in the first place so even though it might not feel like it all the time i think usually the best fix for that is to start from the ground up meaning the boots the insoles the socks and unfortunately there's no magic wand to figure out which combination of those is right for you so I've spent time and effort and money in trying to figure that out. And I've burned through a huge amount of pair of boots. My biggest thing that I can do is, so with places like Go Outdoors, you can yeah. usually order a pair of boots without buying them. And then you can pay when you pick up. But what I'll do is, is order a pair that I think I want to try, order them maybe in two sizes. And then I'll try and hang it out in the shop for as long as possible with those boots on my feet, walking around, getting a feel for any places that are a bit tight or anything like that. Um, generally you want a pair that fit but are not too tight because you don't want to be hitting your toes and like I said insoles might make a huge difference for you because if you've got the merino socks and you've got a good pair of boots then try the insoles because a blister is caused by movement against your heel basically yeah. so your foot when you're moving is rubbing over and over and over against the, the back of your, your boot if you put an insole in that might stop happening so try yeah. that great stuff um, I think Suzanne asked about socks um, yeah Keep your keeping your feet nice and cozy. Um, so socks in terms of I think it was Jerome might have mentioned um, some sort of anti-slip um, socks. And there are some like that that do provide some grip yeah. like myself. So I wouldn't be able to judge. But I know something that some people do is that they actually wear two pairs of socks. 
So rather than your feet sliding against the bottom of the boot, is that the, the, the actual two socks are sliding against each other. So it means you, you don't get as much rubbing on your feet. Um, I've done that on some really long walks. Works a treat. Um, and then if it gets a little bit too cozy, you can just take one of those socks off and chuck them in your bag. Yeah, um, That's kind of worked the best. In terms of actually tra- socks for EBC or Kili or Machu Picchu or Island Peak, Mera Peak, they are, um, like if you go to places like Go Outdoors, Cotswold Outdoors, Ellis Brigham, you know, all those um, online retailers as well as, um, you know, shops. Yeah. Actually, they, they've got ratings and you can actually go in and it'll say ones for trekking, ones for mountaineering. Pretty, it's, it's pretty much Ron Seal. It does exactly what it says on the tin. So definitely sort of stick to that. Um, and another pair of socks that I kind of wear, um, Dave, I know you, you're into them as well as Merino wool socks. Yeah. Um, less sweating, comfy. Always seem to be the best, but they're not cheap. Yeah, I mean, it, I anything that I wear next to my skin now, I try and get merino wool. Yeah. So you know, sort of pants, socks, um, you know, base layers, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, it's a shame because it is expensive, and I was kind of hoping it wouldn't work for me, but it really does. You know, that it it, it stops the chafing, it stops um, they're antimicrobial, so they stay fresher for longer in the mountains. We do wear our stuff for three, four, five days in a row if we have yeah. to um and if you've got like a normal um like synthetic base layer um that will be rank at the end of those five days i think if you've got a merino one i mean it's not going to be fresh but it's going to be a lot less toxic than like uh than a synthetic one um clifford hurst has asked an interesting question Um, okay blisters pop them or leave them (laughs) this is tricky so my method is such you Whichever you decide, what you don't want to have to happen is to peel the the, the, the blister skin off the heel because then you're going to be left with this raw piece of meat that's going to just going to hurt. It's going to hurt. So what I tend to do is I get like a thin needle or anything that I can get my hands off and pop one hole and then out another. So you've got two little holes, drain it out, and then push the skin back down onto the heel. Okay. And then you want to let it harden. So the risk you run with that is that once you pop it, it, it can be quite loose to come off. So that's when I'll yeah. put zinc oxide tape around the heel as well. So it stays in there um, and then it'll harden and then it'll harden great. And then it won't hurt again. But yeah. I have early on made the mistake as where I saw a blister and I popped it and I, I, I messed it up. And I, I basically ripped a hole in it and the whole thing came off. Oof. That was horrific. days. I think Leah's made a good point as well. I think she said her doctor said don't pop them. Uh, it's about infection, um, especially if you're in, you know, a region like it's quite dusty. Uh, sometimes the average region become quite dusty yeah. as well as, um, you know, on Killy as well. So, yeah, do, do be careful of that if you are, if you do fancy taking the blister off. You, yeah. do, you do get blisters, but if you listen to us or if you, you know, stick, do the right stuff, you, you, you shouldn't get blisters really unless yeah. you're just uh, inclined to get them. I would say Take take your doctor's advice over mine. Um, but I, you know, um, yeah, but it, it, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great, isn't it? And I think Mark makes a good point. Um, you know, I know we we we've sort of gone on about this quite a lot. Is that if you if you have got feet that are a little bit dodgy, uh, like we did there, Mark, um, go to an out, out uh, you know an outdoor specialist fitter, and they will. You know, you can even get molded boots boots these days. Um, if any of you are into skiing, you might be familiar with that. They are bringing, um, uh, you know, with regards to like molded molded boots. They're doing similar stuff with hiking boots now. It's kind of new tech, but they're um, 
you know, so you can actually get a mold and then the boot could be custom. Obviously, there's a bit, you know, these aren't cheap. But uh, if you have got feet, they're a little bit dodgy sometimes, susceptible to blisters. Uh, if you have got things like plantar fasciitis, issues like that, could be could be worth looking into. Um, yeah. you know, something like that. I'd be interested if anyone's used those to drop me a message. Um, I can't remember the name of them now, but I, I know that um, Tiso, Tiso, T-I-S-O, yeah. Tiso, that shop, they, they do them. Um, my only concern with it is that obviously when you go in and you have your feet sort of molded to these boots, it's okay for skiing because generally speaking, I think your feet will stay the same throughout a skiing trip. Hmm. But when you're hiking at altitude, your feet can swell and things like that. So they won't necessarily stay yeah. the same shape as the boot. So that would be my only concern about it. But, you know, if it works, I'd be, you know, I'd be the first person to sign up and, and try it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, uh, James had it done before, I think, because uh, always uh, there's uh, always sort of posts and questions come in. But I remember, James, if that is you, um, I think you've just said there you, you've had it done. It's a game changer. There we go. Um, if that, if we are talking about the same thing now, um, yeah, I know there there are companies out there that um, that do that. Yeah. So yeah, great shout, guys. Great stuff. Um, Leah has asked an interesting one. Okay, and you cannot get foot rot as it's not tropical, uh, or am I just a complete noob? Um, no, no, you're not a noob, and um, I've never gotten like trench foot. I'm thinking you're assuming of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't really happen because we're not. That tends to happen when you're in like either a tropical environment or you're in an environment where your feet get wet and then you they stay wet for like multiple days at a time and then it'll like get deeper and set in. At the end of every day, this is why I bring my flip-flops or like sliders um, because at the end of the day, take your boots off, clean and dry your feet, let them get some air and then go back to trekking again the next day. Totally fine, not an issue. Nice. Yeah, it was um, James. Thanks for, for sharing that. I'm going to I'm going to try that out myself, actually, especially for the peaks. Um, Jerome said something interesting as well. I think I know it wasn't necessarily to do with feet, but um, I know we've, we've chat recently about drinking water and things. But you, you, you bring up a good point, which is that if you are drinking a lot of water uh, just to make sure that you maybe might need some excess salt. And um, I, I know just to protect the kidneys, I think it was a little bald yeti um, who came up with a really good point about putting a, a maybe a barocca or um something similar to that in your water um plus you do get a lot of salt i know in some of the, if you're on if you're talking everest base camp they do use quite a lot of salt in their dishes yeah um although yeah. and i will take issue with the little bald yeti um <laughs> like, uh, the great bald yeti the great great bald yeti is the correct answer yeah yeah um i, I don't know why i called him little bald yeti maybe i was thinking of his son because he yeah, well, his, his son actually i have already given a nickname um so finley uh, is the noisy goblin um he was the noisy goblin when he was a baby and i thought he'll grow out of that um if anything the noise and the gobliness has got worse but um no he's a great kid he's, he's one of the funniest kids i know actually <laughs> uh right i'm just going through dave if you've got any i know lauren has put some some more questions um lewis has just asked actually about what we do in the peaks i presume he means uh Mara peak island peak right lewis just check um do comment <laughs> i was actually waiting for an answer then i was also like, yes <laughs> no it's in text it's in text yeah yeah i think we are yeah uh, well i know we are so the, <laughs> the, the plan initially was to do um i think island or Mera um this year but obviously because of the difficulties that covid has caused probably not going to get an opportunity to do that 
Um, so next year, probably going to look to do a combination and do Mera and Island in um, in one expedition. Yes. Um, no, the the peaks are like a big um, something big on the horizon for us, you know, figuratively and physically, because we're going to be doing uh, Aconcagua eventually. Yeah. Um, and then who knows? Maybe eight thousand meters is on the cards. You know, let's uh, let's see what the future brings. Absolutely, mate. It is, isn't it? No, it's, it, I think this year has been. I mean, we were quite lucky to get Killy done in February before everything kicked off. Um, but yeah, this this year's proven to be challenging with regards to anything. Um, anything mountainous really but you know yeah as soon as uh, as soon as we can um we uh we'll be back in the mountains 100 percent. we can't we can't wait just like you guys um you know we know we want to get back out there and pack on our back and enjoy it um yeah. but hopefully it's not a million miles away um lira uh, asked about the water bottles dave i know you've had a few water bottles requests over the last week or so yeah so um Officially, we're not. We haven't sold them yet because we haven't. Um, we're still working on the online store. However, yeah. I don't even want to say this because if you guys start like laughing, shaking their head, if you uh, drop me an email, I can get back mm -hmm. in touch with you and we'll work it out. What's that? Yeah, I'm. I'm being shouted at again. <laughs> but yeah, oh, in, yeah, you are. You are right though. Yeah, because the store is still being worked on, which means you could buy these automatically. Yeah, um, we're not quite there yet, Leah. But we could do sort of, you know. Uh, every now and again we can if you want to just drop us an email we can send you and it's not a problem well um but the drops an email and we can email back and say okay um and get one out to you um do they yeah, have Lauren's volunteering to go to the post office she said that she'll uh, she'll do the <laughs> post office runs for us oh, so i'm sure yeti she's on it um i'm sure the bimbling yeti could do it as well uh if she's around <laughs> uh do they have boot dryer facilities on every face cam trip um not really it's it's all quite quite basic uh yeah. you know into the tea houses and lodges so that they, they don't really have those i'm kind of thinking the ones that you you kind of see maybe in ski resorts things like that um so they don't have those Haley. but i know that most people leave her outside their room just to give it a bit of air um obviously shake cranny creepy crawlies afterwards before putting them back on but that's that's the drying facilities in the himalayas um when you're when you're out there yeah um uh, you can get hand warmers that might make a difference. Um, oh, yeah. I know some people have like cracked open because hand warmers, I actually don't like them on my hands. They, they're either not hot or way too burny. Um, but particularly when you're on like a really like, so when you're getting up for Kalapatar or going to the summit of um, Killian, you want to put some warm boots on before you go to sleep, yeah. crack them open, put them in your, put them in your boots and stuff like that can make a big difference. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I did see one thing. Uh, what was okay. It? Uh, was it someone Robert Jones has asked about sock liners okay. um, to looking after the feet I've never used them because I find the merino wool either the light or the medium um, make a huge difference for me and and, and that, that works if I use a liner I think there's not enough uh, breathability with it so and, and that sort of a you know the balance you know although the liner can be good it doesn't pay off for me as much because I run quite hot so I need the breathability yeah um, but certainly I know some people have definitely used them um and and really like them and think they make a big difference particularly on the comfort and things like that so you know you don't get like fatigue and you, you know the soles of your feet all day so yeah they can make a big difference yeah yeah was it um i think james mentioned some dry shore for boots works is that um is that have you used that before dave is that what you talking about no yeah, dry shore i think that uh, that helps with keeping your your boots relatively dry yeah um, i never used them myself but um mm -hmm. Yeah. Newspaper is is 
This is the one I, I, you know, I learned that in the scouts. <laughs> Newspaper, okay, I'll try that. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Paul Dewhurst. Paul, great to see you on. Um, you are, do you need insect repellent for EBC? Not really in the in the mountains. Um, you don't really get any 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 bugs sort of high up. You might get them in Kathmandu, um, or if you go down, you know, further south uh, to say Chitwan. If you if you're going down to Chitwan National Park, definitely loads further down south. Um, but it's too cold in the mountains, too high up. Um, clearly, the mozzies don't like high altitude, which is great because uh, you know there's plenty of those around. Whereas if you're in um, in Tanzania, for instance, or if you're in uh, Peru, uh, you do get some. Uh, especially on Kili in Tanzania, you do need anti-malarials. And yeah. Yeah, definitely take some um, insect repellent uh, for Kili if you've got it on there, Paul. Yeah, what was amazing on Kili was the the, um, the mosquitoes and little like bugs were like were quite higher up than I expected to see them. Yeah, you know? so I, I thought that as soon as I got up to like say Camp Two, you know, um, which is Shira One, um, I wouldn't see them. But actually, you do. They they are knocking around up there, um, particularly. Yeah. It's quite warm and things like that. Um, so that's why some people, I, I, I heard this and I thought it's an important message, that some people take their malaria tablets and then stop taking them when they're on the mountain and then start again before they come back down. Um, I wouldn't do that. I would keep taking them from, like, say, you know, two, three days before you go to a week after you get back for the whole yeah. time in the middle. Um, also, there's no TV on the mountains, and actually it gives you some pretty vivid dreams. So... Um, <laughs> If you take them before you go to sleep, then you might. It's like it's like having a soap opera every night. Yeah, it's very good actually. It is very it's well, very interesting. Not good, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, I know we we talked about it before, and someone mentioned that it was um, because it's like the the psycho part of the. Um, of, I'm trying to think now. Trying to explain it in a scientific way, even I don't understand it myself. But all it does gives you crazy dreams. Yeah, um, it, it is quite cool because you wake up and it's like Lord of the Rings, whilst you're sleeping. So it's great, really. And you're right, David. It's cheaper than having a TV. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, To be honest, I take mine in the morning, though, just to avoid that. <laughs> you want you want, to, you want to feel good and rested. And I think being up all night, you know, following Frodo with the ring, and, you know, is uh, is going to exhaust you. But yeah, yeah. It, is, um, it is quite interesting. I know uh, Leah, who's from uh, Australia, uh, I, bet, I bet she has a fair few over in Oz, um, for sure, as well as koalas. But um, I know it was... Yeah, I'm just looking at some. Um, sorry, Leah, I've got sidetracked there. Um, any other questions, Dave? I'm just trying to, to go through. I think uh, if there's any questions coming through, let's, let's go for it. If not, I know we've covered a lot already. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there are. I think there's a couple of ones that we um, that I'm going back that I haven't actually managed to get. To. I think Monique actually brought in unique uh, malaria tablets for Peru. There are certain parts, you know, in the Amazon that you, I believe you need some. But not if you're going on on the um, you know to Machu Picchu. Um, I'll confirm that. But yeah, we we don't um, understand you need malaria tablets for that part. But if you do go, yeah, if you do go, because um, some people like to sort of go down and do some some extra trips. Um, you know, if you're in South America and people want to do an extra couple of weeks, they go off on the on their own thing. Um, yeah, if you head in a bit further, sort of lower altitude, maybe down the Amazon, then yeah, you definitely would. Yeah, um, but not on the Machu Picchu trip. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Um, but right, Dave, that's been that's been great. I mean, I know we we've covered the basics. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll obviously bring it back to the feet. Um, you know, when it comes to insoles, getting the right fit. If you uh, if you do strengthen your glutes, your calves, um, you know, and your hamstrings, it will also support your feet. 
Um, there's different lacing techniques you can do. Uh, you can also tape your feet up certain ways. So there's lots of things to think uh, to think about. Um, I, I always think most of the time it's just through working it out yourself and, yeah. getting, and getting the right fit boots, going out there and seeing what happens. Certainly don't want to leave it until the last minute uh, before a trip. And next thing you know, you know, you've got blisters on the first couple of days. So, you know, it is about getting out there, pack on your back, putting the miles in, doing some work in the gym. And yeah, just enjoying it, really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this might be the first time where we've more or less stuck to the uh, subject for the entire, the entire yeah. video. So yeah, I think we're going to have to change that, and that that can't happen again. You know, um, it's yeah. very, very strange. But now it's been great. Um, Dave, any comments from you? Final word. Uh, I think um, final word. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of the things that we did want to say is obviously, you know, we we really enjoy doing these things, and we wanted we want you guys to try and. Um, you know get as much out of it as you can yes. so with that if you guys have any recommendations or anything that you want us to talk about any questions that you want to be the focus of a life um then you know drop us a message leave a comment send us an email use all the communication methods you can and say you know hey andy dave i'd like you to talk about this subject yes. um and we'll we'll bring it up on one of these and we'll, we'll do a bit of an in-depth analysis on it and things like that and um you know maybe offer you some advice if we can worst case scenario maybe slightly entertain you for an hour or so you know so yeah do drop us some uh some uh, recommendations and things for things you want to talk about yeah definitely and I, it's always with if we haven't answered any questions we always drop in um i'm actually away next week so dave you're um you're heading up the tuesday tune in yourself next week yeah yeah flying solo flying solo <laughs> yeah i'm off on holiday for a week but uh, i'll be back in it in a couple of weeks um you're in the the more than amazing hands of dave uh you look after you but he, he is right you know any anything that you want us to talk about because we're here for you guys um any questions anything at all any subjects you think you know it'd be really cool the guys to talk about that then just fire them to us um and you know we'll we'll, we'll take on the questions but uh other than that i'll see you in a couple of weeks and dave will be with me next week but uh yeah thanks for joining us sorry one thing a minute here i think lauren and leah are having an argument here what <laughs> animal are you talking about koalas, koalas. oh koalas <laughs> Oh, those. If, if we do post her a bottle all the way to Australia, we're going to need a promo picture of the koala drinking drinking from That'd that. That'd be a very good idea. Koalas are amazing. Apparently, they're horrible. They sound odd. I've seen koalas before. They can be quite aggressive. Well, they're not cute they're in trees. If you ever see one walking, they're a bit they're a bit ungainly, <laughs> and the noise the males yeah. make at least is pretty ungainly. But then the way I look and walk is a bit weird. So we, you know, I think. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Right. But uh, right, guys, we're going to uh, end this now. But yeah, thanks for joining us. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. No worries, guys. All the best. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mount Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs>